Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Legally Speaking podcast mini-series, powered by Kisun Car. My name is Harry, Head Ambassador for Kisun Car and host for today's episode. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by our guest feature, non-law graduate and future trainee solicitor at Vincent Mason's, Matthew Berwick. Matthew is the founder of the legal lineup, which he co-founded with six future trainees from both international and magic circle firms. The Legal Lineup is a platform designed to provide students with an insight into the legal sector, targeting those with a keen interest in commercial law. Matthew is also the co-founder of Global Tech Loop, which is a platform focused on technology by interviewing professionals who work within the sector, from companies including Amazon, Google, Microsoft, IBM, as well as the CEOs of companies based in Silicon Valley. Hi, Matthew. Thank you ever so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. No worries at all. I wanted to start by asking about your experience as a non-law student. Um, I thought I'd kick things off by saying, what ignited your interest in law and how did you come to the realisation that this was the career path that you wanted to pursue? Sure, yeah. So um, since I was 15, I've interned at a variety of legal and commercial outfits. So this varied from working for QC and Crown Court to working for several commercial law firms in the city uh, and eventually going over to San Francisco to intern for a law firm over there. So I did have a genuine interest in a career in law, but I wasn't aware that I would thrive in a commercial setting until my A-levels when I studied business and afterwards working in the commercial environment at the regulatory team at the Royal Mail in London. So coming from a non-law background, studying international relations, I've, I've also had a variety of experience that strengthened my communication and negotiation skills. This ranged from interning in the House of Commons to working in the United States Congress um, to being selected by NATO to participate in a negotiation exercise at the Foreign and Commonwealth Office. I then became really interested in technology and then chose to complete a course at Oxford Uni in AI, where I delivered a presentation on the future of autonomous vehicles. So I think my approach to law was was rather layered um, and my interest that I chose to develop propelled me to a career in commercial law, which equally reflects my aspirations with my abilities. Of course, that all sounds brilliant. What advice would you give to non-law students who are looking to get more actively involved in important events such as law career fairs and inside days? Yeah, that's a great question. So for the majority of law firms, like they look for diversity of thought, as your team will know. So, you know, coming from a non-law background is never something that will hinder you. In fact, it's a great opportunity to put your experiences at the forefront of, of how you package yourself as a candidate. So to make the most of these events, like be sure to research and check the firms that are going to these events before you get there and like do your best to demonstrate an in-depth understanding of that firm. So when you approach their stand, albeit virtual at the moment, you'll have something memorable to say. I built a strong memory for one recruiter, um, which enabled me to land a spot on the insight day as she remembered my enthusiasm and, and recognized I had a strong understanding of their firm. She said that I was one of the few people that she remembered by face and name. So make the most of these opportunities as a really good way for you to bolster your chances at applications. For sure. And touching on that, how would you utilize the, the opportunities provided to you? I mean, and truly derive the most benefit from them? Sure. Yes. As you might have seen, I recently created a Word document, which is kind of accessible to any student. Um, and they're all notes that I took at events and insight days and assessment centers. And the one thing I would say is stay diligent. And on top of that, the keys to success in a training contract application is to stay focused on everything you've learned. Um, stay on top of your notes so that when it comes to the point of actually looking back at when you're doing the application, you have a lot to access. So to derive the most benefit from these opportunities, make sure you're sharp, focused and prepare questions for the panel ahead of time if you're told who they are so that you can kind of like gear your questions and stuff towards what they specialize in. Exactly. All brilliant tips, I must say. Um, and do you think that really did help you set yourself apart from other applicants? Sure. And yeah, so in regards to setting myself apart and, you know, um, that kind of thing. So attendance and persistence is key. 
with the nature of commercial law, like there's so many law firms out there that are great. There's in fact too many law firms and not enough time. So narrowing down the firms that truly matter to you and investing time is really important. And investing significant time researching the firms and attending as many events by that firm as possible is, is really important to maximize your knowledge and ensure you stand out. So more often than not, like especially from a non-law background, we spread ourselves too thin. If you're applying to 20 law firms, you're only investing 5% of your efforts researching the events and you know that kind of thing and researching the firm. Whereas like if you were to only apply to five law firms, you'd have 20% to spend on each. So rather than seeing the application processes having to apply everywhere to get into one place, I think what set me apart was that I managed my time very well and I spent enough time effectively working on each application to make sure it was strong. That's absolutely great. And having recently received uh, and accepted a training contract offer yourself, what one piece of advice would you give to aspiring lawyers from a non-legal background hoping to pursue a career in law? I think a big thing I'd say is enjoy it. Remember that this is your training contract as well, as much as it is theirs. Um, find out what you want in order to get into a law firm. It's also about what you need and it's a long career. Um, and so we're at the very, very beginning. Whilst they need to know that we're committed, you do too. So for normal applicants, I'd break down what you're looking for in a firm and also think about your experiences. Like you don't have to spend a week photocopying at a law firm for you to be a good fit. It's much more valuable to show what you've learned outside of the law in order to reflect what you can bring to the table. Sure, that's great. And Matthew, you're always busy in the online legal community. Uh, did you want to give our audience an insight into each of the platforms you manage and, and really discuss the inspiration behind the legal lineup and global tech loop? As a non-law applicant, like I soon realized there wasn't there wasn't really enough information out there for aspiring solicitors at the time and from graduates that had recently been through the process themselves. I knew I wanted to create some kind of platform, but I also knew like it should be inclusive and accessible for everyone. So it was important to enable others to share their experiences and take the focus away from me. So I reached out to seven future trainees that I didn't know before and they helped co-found the platform with me. This includes Adam, Annabelle, and Harry, who are all future trainees at Norton Rose Fulbright, Alan and Overy and Baker McKenzie as well as Lean, who's an international student that secured her training contract split between London and Dubai at Clifford Chance, and Blaze, who secured a training contract with Freshfields through the Stephen Lawrence Scholarship, and Gemma, she secured vacation schemes with Linklaters, Clifford Chance, and Norton Rose Fulbright. And the kind of stuff we get up to is, you know, we write articles at least twice a week on like commercial awareness topics and application tips, as well as having like guest trainees write articles. We've also run a range of events in the past with ULaw, BPP, Leeds University, as well as Royal Panel and the Kissing Car team. We also recently ran an internship with Interlaw, where we had presenters there from Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, a bunch of different law firms, Netflix. So lots of different stuff going on in that space. And yeah, it's been great. In terms of the Global Tech Loop, that was a platform that I co-founded with Lauren Moore. The initiative is basically driven behind our interest in technology. We kind of want to talk about tech and talk to professionals who, you know, they really know what they're talking about and they they have the inside scoop of what's going on. Um, so we've run a number of different articles with people at Microsoft, Amazon, like I mentioned before. I spoke to a CEO who was able to change the law in California, uh, now requiring public companies to have a woman on their board. And we're also running different events, uh, such as Women in Technology next week with the Chief Security Advisor for Microsoft. And a couple of different CEOs are coming to share their insight and their careers. That's incredible. They both sound like amazing projects. I wanted to conclude by asking you something that I like to ask all of our guests. What changes do you think need to be made within the legal profession to make a career in law more accessible to everybody? I think this is quite like a multi, multifaceted question, particularly because, you know, while steps have been taken to make the legal profession more accessible, there's still a lot that needs to be done. With the COVID-19 climate we're, we're currently going through, like law firms have already adapted massively. 
uh, to become more sophisticated with you know how they recruit. Whilst the legal profession has come a long way, like I certainly believe that the wheels are in motion. Um, for instance, if you're unable to afford to go to London but want to apply for a vacation scheme, like before this was a massive challenge, um, now that vacation schemes are being held virtually as a form of recruitment, it, this enables bucket loads of new applicants. Like you have potential and abilities to succeed you previously couldn't because they were faced with overwhelming costs. So you're kind of unlocking unlocking their dream and, and access to a career at a top law firm in London. There's also been steps taken by the SRA to introduce the SQA, as you know, that ensure greater mobility to become a qualified solicitor. However, this is only one aspect of accessibility and there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, such as eliminating notions of tokenism um, in order to ensure that the profession becomes more inclusive for all. And that's something that we touched on as well in a diversity and inclusion webinar we ran with a couple of different partners and trainees at international firms. Of course. Thank you ever so much for joining us today, Matthew. It's been a real pleasure having you on and great to hear your insight alongside many of the things you have learned throughout your legal journey. Yeah, cheers for having me. If you would like to learn a little bit more about the platforms Matthew is involved in, be sure to follow both The Legal Lineup and Global Tech Loop on social media. You can also head over to their websites to keep updated with all the exciting things they have planned. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for listening.